Did I interest you in a stamp? Yeah, give me a stamp. Oh. No, give me a purple one. Oh, I'm sorry we haven't any purple ones. I could uh, paint one for you. I don't want a painted one. person hasn't got any rights in this country anymore. The government even tells you what color stamps you gotta buy. Live from an abandoned match factory, this is the award-winning stamp show here today. If you can dream it, we can collect it. Brought to you by the Southern Nevada Philatelic Research Center, a nonprofit 501c3 corporation for the advancement of philately. This is Cash. This is Mark. This is Albert. And this week we have a new member of the month. Shout out to Alan B from England, our English contingent. And uh, I'll, I'll allow uh, Mark to read the back of the envelope. Hmm, Witless Tosh. Witless Tosh. This is, <laughs> this is going to be our new moniker. <laughs> <laughs> you get it. Witless Tosh. This is all the way from the old country. The old country, and it includes a uh, it includes a stamp with an indicia on the side. Yes, the, the very very interesting. It's uh, one of the British Mansion heads with the QR code on the side, and so uh, we actually got a QR code to fight the counterfeiters, postally used with witless tosh on it. All right, I question that this stamp is actually. Real, um, <laughs> but he 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 addresses it to the glorious stamp show here today. Yes, and keep reading the address. Uh, <laughs> Fifty nine sixty five Harrison Drive, fabulous Sweet Six, <laughs> Las Vegas, Nevada. So a shout out to our member of the month here because that that is uh, very nice. Thank you very much. And again, just uh, everybody. Uh, Listen at the end, uh, $10 for a lifetime membership to Stamp Show here today. And the lifetime membership is fungible. Yes, fungible. Yeah. We I'm, put I'm, the fun in fungible. <laughs> is this actually now the rate for airmail? One pound 85? Wow. Yeah. One pound 85, and a pound is more than a dollar. So that, that costs like $2.10 to get to us. Yeah, like 16 ounces. Witless Tosh. So speaking about that, we got our renewal also from the APS. Just a reminder, we are an APS-affiliated club. Um, we have plenty of members to give us the free membership. I think uh, 25% of our membership has to be APS members. Hmm. But we, only, we don't count listeners. We only count people who sent the $10 in. And of the people who sent the $10 in, a vast majority 
are APS members. So we have lots and lots. And actually, we get letters every so often when a new person signs up for the APS and they put us down as their referral. Uh, we get $5 off, but we get $5 off our free <laughs> membership. So right. Like, uh, so so th- we are an affiliated uh, club yeah. with the APS? Yeah. And they so far have not kicked us out. No. <laughs> and we've given them plenty of opportunity. <laughs> now, we talk bad about the post office. I will never talk bad about the APS. The APS is a great organization. It truly is. Your punishment for not being a member of the APS is not being a member of the APS. Yeah. I mean, you are missing out on a lot. As a matter of fact, one of the topics we were going to discuss today is selling stamps on eBay versus APS. And they, uh, the APS puts out a magazine called the AP, the American Philatelist. And uh, they had an article from uh, Wendy Mas- Masorti. Yeah, Masorti. Gosh, I was looking at it there going, you know, I have a bad name to pronounce. You know, <laughs> Brafus, not spelled anything like that. And I'm looking at this going, uh, okay. <laughs> so anyway, they talk about selling stamps on eBay, which me and Mark do regularly, mm-hmm. versus selling stamps through the APS, which I used to do all the time. Did you ever sell stamps in the APS? I have not. Oh. Well, there's... Uh, Albert, how about you? Have you ever sold stamps through the APS? Years and years ago, I got my start when I was in like high school, selling stamps, and, and they have, and they still have them, uh, sales books. And you put your stamps in the sales book. You'd hinge them all in. You'd put little prices underneath them, and then they would mail them all around, and people would buy stamps out of them. And as a person, it seems to me that it would be kind of expensive to buy through the sales books because you'd get like ten sales books, but you'd have to pay postage. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have you sort of um, have to price it so that it's attractive after the person pays. And back then, you know, you had to send it registered mail. Uh, so a person would like get twelve sales books and then have to pay like five dollars and seventy cents to mail it to the next person. Then he mails it to the next person. Where it really paid off was if you were in a stamp club, because a stamp club, you know. APS knows what's going on. They'd, they'd send like 25 books to the stamp club. And then the stamp club, you know, you'd have like 15 people there to look at it. So one mailing, you got a lot of people. But I made a couple hundred bucks, you know, when I was 14 or 15, which was serious money back then. Yeah. I won't tell anybody what, what age I am, but I'm... Uh, I'm over the hill. <laughs> I, I, I grew up when, you know, a buck was a buck. And, um, yeah, it, it, I grew up when, when, when a buck was a, a gallon of gas. Oh, yeah. Oh, I remember when I first started driving, I refused to pay more than a dollar for a gallon of gas. And I drive out of my way to get dollar gas. Yeah. And this was during the 70s gas crisis. I, I, guess I, I guess I'm a little bit older because I remember not wanting to pay more than 24.9 cents a gallon. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you? Jeez. 
You, you had to like uh, burn your feet when you were flintstoning down the <laughs> road, and then all of a sudden they, hey, I don't have to flintstone this anymore. I, they invented the combustion engine. <laughs> that's what I remember. That's the first couple of years I went to college. That's how much it cost. That's how much gas cost. Well, actually, that does tie in because um, the reason why I comment so much, like on the 1970s. Uh, inflation period in the 1980s inflation period and where stamp markets went and how the pricing went and you know if you heard my individual economics podcasts you know this is when I was in high school and I remember these times I remember bicycling past the foreclosures and stuff like that so I mean I have a memory of it um, so e, uh, stamp Store or eBay. Stamp Store is the APS's online selling platform. And I remember using it when it first started. It didn't have many people going for it to it. Uh, I put maybe 20 items in and two of them sold. You know, it, it was the very beginning. So, eh, you know, but now it's very attractive because what you do is there's a little submission sheet you fill out the information and then you mail it to the APS and the APS does everything else you don't have to worry about FTP servers or uploading pictures or you know the eBay you know uploads pictures now to their own FTP service but you have to have the accounts you have to have it all set up APS, if you're a member, you just put the stamps in an envelope with the description and send it off, and it gets listed. And I was thinking because a lot of people bring stamps in to PSE here and say, you know, where do I sell this? And I go, well, you can sell it on eBay. And uh, they're not set up for it. No, it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. And so this is a really good alternative to a person who doesn't have an eBay account, a, an eBay seller account. You know, the APS will put it up. Now, they probably don't get the same sales activity that eBay does, I'm guessing, because uh, APS is U.S.-based, whereas eBay is world-based. I mean, I did my shipping just this morning. I was doing shipping, and one-third of my stuff went out of the country. Hmm. So, you know, if I was selling at APS, that one-third probably wouldn't occur. But on the other side, I'll bet you they get better prices than eBay. So uh, maybe I'll give them a shot, test them out, and report back to everybody my uh, experience with uh, stampstore.org at eBay. Or, excuse me. Oh, bad, bad, bad. Stampstore.org at the American Philatelist, or APS. Yeah, I think one of the major differences is that the you have to send the stamps to a stamp store um, versus eBay, where you keep the stamps yourself until they sell. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a stamp store keeps them yeah, know, but, right there so they can ship them out. But, yeah, that's the other thing is stamp store ships them. You don't have to worry about the shipping. Right. Which... I mean, me and Mark, you know, we sell a bunch of stuff, and, uh, you know, it, we're used to it. Mm -hmm. 
if you have 10 items, you're not used to it. What do you, th the problem is, is that what, um, is how do they, what, do they have the expertise there to handle something that's questionable, like a flat press coil? <clears throat> well, from my experience, and this is from the sales books, I sent in some counterfeits by accident, didn't know they were counterfeits. And when I got the sales book back, and by the way, sales book would circulate for about two years. When I got it back in two years, those items were pulled out in a separate envelope saying these are fake. Um, I'm not certain. I mean, you know, are they, are they going to be flooded with people who uh, joined the APS to sell their 596s? 596 is a one cent uh, rotary that, you know, is worth $100,000. If is, it's real. If it's real, and it never is. <laughs> so, you know, if the EPS gets 596s, you know, do they just say, <laughs> here? Or, you know, because eBay, eBay will take it down if you say 596. But a lot of people get around that by saying, uh, one cent Franklin measures 22 by 19 and a half <laughs> millimeters. Right. And you go, wow, yeah. They only printed 3.1 billion of those. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that's a question. Um, I think I'll uh, email Wendy and ask her because mm -hmm. that is a really good question. Yeah, we need to find somebody who's actively selling on Stamp Store and get their story. Yeah, if anybody listening is uh, selling on Stamp Store, give us a buzz and give me some feedback. Yeah, I would, I would assume that they don't need to keep them for two years. Oh, no, 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 no. When I sent this mine in, I think they kept it. They did keep it for like nine months. It was up for nine months. And again, I sent in like 10 items and two of them sold. And the only reason I didn't do more is because I did eBay. So there's no reason for me to do um, a, the P, a, so there, excuse me. So there's no reason for me to do APS. Um, also, you have better control. Oh yeah, they will have much better control than a person. I mean, I have three. I have I think four thousand eight hundred items up right now. And by the way, people who want to fact check me, my selling name is. Stamp and stuff. No spaces. Mark, why don't you tell people what yours is? Uh, mine is, uh, I'm selling under the moniker uh, M-Leon, M-L-E-O-N on so, eBay. Yeah, so you can see what we're selling. You can see that we know of what we speak. So uh, getting on to a topic of not knowing at all of what we speak. <laughs> The AP had an article, or, excuse me, it's actually a, a letter to the editor. Is NFT philately really philately? And so we're going to go back and discuss NFTs real quick because they brought up some really good points here that we did not bring up prior. And uh, there is, and I want to get this name correctly, it's Stamp Dak. S-T-A-M-P-S-D-A-Q. 
So Stamps, DAC, mm -hmm. they are promoting philately of, well, I guess it's not philately, and that's one of the points they make, um, collecting of stamp art NFTs. So philately is collecting an actual postage stamp. Stamp collecting collects things that are not postage stamps. So you can be a stamp collector and not a philatelist. Yeah, like if you collected Christmas seals, technically you're not a philatelist. You're a, right. But you are definitely a stamp collector. So he was addressing stamp collectors who collect NFTs. And uh, NFTs haven't done really well in the market. I, I think we pointed that out two podcasts ago where the Swiss, and, uh, Swiss souvenir sheet went from $7,700 down to $2,200 in four months. So right. not a good investment. Now, this was an NFT that they sold, a limited edition. Um, but it is digital. It is not real. Well, it's real. It's not tactile. You can't right. hold it in your hand. You own a receipt that you have ownership of this thing, which is stored on a website someplace. Right. And so, uh, and, and we're talking about it as a, as a form of art. Uh, I'm thinking uh, that USPS often sells uh, prints of their, of their stamp designs that you can buy, um, you know, like, you know, large images of, and I think you, you mentioned that, um, that somebody came in with some like the teddy bear stamp. So it's a nicely framed piece of art that is of a stamp and that would fall under the stamp collecting that you talked about. So my question is if the power goes out, <laughs> The person who had the NFTs versus the person who had the teddy bear framed art, who is left with a collection? Well, obviously the teddy bear, and by the way, just describe it real quick. Uh, they had uh, four or five teddy bear stamps. I think they were yeah, four. forever stamps. Four. And uh, they're peeling six. And so it was a frame, a nice size frame, a big frame, probably... A uh, foot and a half by a foot and three quarters. So nice size. And then it had the strip of four at the bottom. And then a nice big picture of um, the four teddy bear stamps in a block. And they were like matted out. So it gave it like a, two, a 3D effect instead of a 2D effect. It was really, really well done. And it still had the sticker of the cost on the back. It was $60, $59.99. That's stamp art. That's fungible stamp art. That's fungible because, and uh, yeah, let's get into NFT real quick because NFT stands for non-fungible token. The token is what you own. It's a token that says that you, it's like a receipt. Think of token as a receipt. Non-fungible means that it's a unique item. So the Swiss souvenir sheets they were trading at $7,700. There's 50 of them. They're not unique. So they're not actually NFTs. Maybe they have, maybe each one has a different number somewhere on the NFT that makes it unique. 
I have no idea because I've only seen a picture of it. But by having a different number somewhere on there, that would make them that would make them non fungible in that sense. Yeah. <laughs> well, if they made fifty, if there was a one and all the way to a fifty on each each one, you would yeah. have, each one would be a each one would be unique in that sense. Well, in real estate, they have a doctrine that every single piece of property is unique. Even though, you know, your next door, you could have a vacant piece of land. Your next door neighbor has the same vacant piece of land. But yours is unique because it's closer to the sun or you know, <laughs> it's further west or something. So uh, in real estate, they have this. In stamps, we do not. You know, if we say something is unique, that means it's one. <laughs> Otherwise, we use the word rare or scarce or uncommon or common. And uh, so 50 and, well, let's take the, um, the uh, Challenger covers. They're all numbered. And I think there were what? There were thousands of them. Yeah, 1,500 or something. I can't remember exactly. Well, I know that like number one through 100, people like the number. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if you have number 1,127, it's pretty much indistinguishable from the person who has 1,266. And so those, I would sort of say, are, you know, non-fungible. They're interchangeable. If, if, you traded one for one, it wouldn't, it would be like, eh, yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't affect the value. No. So, uh, I'm kind of that way with the, the, um, souvenir sheets from Switzerland and also you, uh, United Arab Emirates and also the United Arab Emirates. Easy for you to say. Yeah. No kidding. Um, they issued some NFTs and, they are now the most valuable ones since the Swiss ones crashed out in price. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you say they crashed, it's more the, the it's more the asking price crashed. In other words, the currency itself crashed rather than the item crashed. Both, actually. Ethereum went from $2,000 per coin to now it's like $900 a coin. So it dropped in value by half. But the Swiss NFT dropped by two-thirds. So half of it you can attribute to the coinage, but it went down further than that. So uh, it's... When, when that souvenir sheet came out, we commented about the 50 that were printed, that, were, that it was a giant lottery. Mm -hmm. More than anything else, you just you went in, you bought it, and... There were all kinds of different designs, and the ones that were scarcest were the ones. And there was fifty, potentially fifty people who were very happy, and a bunch of other people who were not so happy. Well, I mean, you had the fifty, and then you had um, just describing real quick the souvenir sheet. The souvenir sheet, it's a blue souvenir sheet. On the left side, it has a picture of a mountain. On the right side, there's a blank area. These and I forget the numbers, but you know, a thousand of them or something like that just didn't have anything there. And then they had varieties, which were the winning scoring ones, and they varied between 50 for the scarcest one, and I forget how many were the other ones, but it would be 
an animal drawn in stars. So it would sort of look like a zodiac, except that the zodiac, you know, is, <clears throat> it has like two stars and they connect it together and uh, show, you know, the twin towers or something like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> These were, you know, a dragon drawn in stars or an eagle drawn in stars or a ram drawn in stars. Um, the rare one was a dragon drawn in stars. And how you got it was you bought a souvenir sheet from the post office, which was an actual souvenir sheet you could use on postage and everything like that. And on the back there was a QR code. And you entered that into the computer. And when you entered it in, they gave you basically a lottery. And they said, congratulations, this QR code gives you this NFT. And so the lucky 50 got, you know, the dragon with the mountains. And uh, they were luckier if they sold it quickly. (laughs) So that's what they did. Now, the uh, Arab Emirates, I'm not sure what they did. I think they just sold them straight out. It wasn't a lottery system. It was you want the rare one, just buy it. Hmm. And uh, the rare one has one gram of gold. And it's selling for... $2,000 $2,000 plus a premium, which puts it above $2,200, which is the value of those. So that's why this one is the most valuable one now. And uh, one gram of gold or one ounce of gold? One gram. One gram, one thirty second of an ounce is, uh, I forget what it is, but it's like 100 bucks worth of gold. So this was a combination no, of no, a no, physical, like, physical piece of paper along and, and along with it came the NFT. Yes. And so uh, we'll see what happens. So anyway, the article, <clears throat> and uh, the person is actually criticizing Stamp DAC, S-T-A-M-P-S-D-A-Q, talking about how um, it's not philately. And he went into, you know, the philately is collecting postage stamps, stamps that serve purpose for transporting transporting mail a stamp is a receipt that you paid the service to move a letter that's what a stamp is the nfts are not usable for transmitting mail but you know neither are christmas seals Mm -hmm. actually neither are postage due stamps you know if you want to get really technical there's a lot of stamps that do not move the mail at all Right. Or a stamp that is not uh, an unused stamp, a mint stamp. Yeah. So um, he was talking about that this is not philately. And they are having webinars. And let me get this correct. Because the APS is... Oh, no, this is on YouTube. But there are webinars on NFT postage stamp collecting and i pulled up the stamps dac website and they're you know i could i could see them trying to sell them because yet they probably own them (laughs) (laughs) but i can't see this i i think that what happened with the swiss souvenir sheet will be representative of the entire nft market so we will see what happens 
Yeah. I don't know what to say about that other than <laughs> it doesn't affect it doesn't affect anybody that's sitting at this table. Well, it, it actually kind of does because if money moves out of the stamp market and into the NFT market, you know, if a person is sitting there saying, I'm going to go to the APS show and spend $5,000. Oh, no, wait. I'm not going to go to the APS show because I just spent $5,000 on uh, two Swiss souvenir sheets and a UAE souvenir sheet, <laughs> NFTs. It does take money out of the market. And uh, that's one of the things that's going on right now, in my opinion, with the price of gold. Gold should be much higher. It's right, today it's tr trading at a really low, it, it crashed down to $1,712 in a time when everybody thought inflation was going down and it's actually going up. And the number came out three days ago that we are indeed in a recession and have been since January. And everybody said, oh, well, when we're in a recession, then it'll drive down the inflation rate. And over the last six months, our inflation rate has not declined. It's at the highest it is has been. We're above 9% today. So as money moves, it does affect the markets. And as, in my opinion, as money went into Bitcoin, it didn't go into gold. If you have a chance or if you have a choice of investing in Bitcoin or gold and they advertise Bitcoin as digital gold, I mean, that was their big thing. Um, you know, it takes money out of the market. But right now, but, but cryptocurrencies have dropped almost across the board by 50% or more, sometimes down to nothing, depending on which currency we're talking about. There are over 10, and this just occurred, okay? This, I think it was last week sometime. There are over 10,000 cryptocurrencies on the market. For just uh, to characterize it and compare it to stamp collecting, there are 325 stamp issuing entities that have ever existed. 325. Hmm. There are 10,000 cryptocurrency entities. And uh, some of them <laughs> are straight out fraud. Not, not to mention the fact that uh, you know, there are a bunch of stamp, collected, stamp entities that are straight out fraud too. Yeah. <laughs> South Arabia, to just name one, Fijura, Admin, you know, all the same. I'd like to companies. be the, uh, the uh, stamp issuing agency on Epstein Island. Yeah, there. <laughs> that would be cool. Your last name is Maxwell? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, she'd be featured on a stamp. Yeah. The first issue. Yeah. Because all of these currencies have dropped like a, like a rock, and people who put... People who put some of their retirement funds in them are now screaming about wanting government to now regulate them. Well, people who put their retirement funds into cryptocurrency, um, those aren't retirement funds. If you're investing them in cryptocurrency, those are your investment or your gambling funds or your investing funds. If you have retirement funds, you're in dividend-paying stocks and stuff like that, not cryptocurrencies.
But I do understand, you know, there are people out there. I'm very good friend of the show was talking about investing in some of these. And I'm going, yeah, but that's gambling. He goes, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, if, if we're seeing, if we're in the beginning of, of, of uh, what we saw in the 1970s, um, when um, when Stamp when Stamp Market started to take off, um, do you think that people with five hundred dollars in their pocket, not wanting to put it into the bank because it would be losing value immediately, but wanting to put it into a uh, into something that that might gain value at least keeping pace with inflation? Um, do you think that they would buy a stamp versus an NFT? Well. If you had, if you were good, and I wasn't good, okay, I, I called it wrong. But if you invested money in cryptocurrencies up until last November, you made a bunch of money. And I, you know, I scoffed at it and said, this is stupid. Up until November, these people were all laughing at me, going, yeah, look, look at how much money I made. And I'm going, yeah, well, you know, I'll... And I'm making, you know, five or 10% with my stamp collection. And they're going, yeah, I'm making 40% on my Bitcoin. Yeah, but there's an intrinsic problem with all of that. Until you sell it, you don't lock in the gain. Well, the other thing, too, is that the stamps that I get, I enjoy. I don't necessarily enjoy having a Bitcoin in my uh, wallet, you know, my digital wallet. Uh, along with my NFT somewhere. You know, that doesn't give me any joy. But yeah, up until November, they were making bank. From November to today, they you hear a lot of stories about people. And again, God, it, it might be my age, but I'm much more conservative. And I'm looking at these guys, and they said, yeah, I, there was one person, he took out a mortgage on his house to buy Bitcoin. And it's like, if you had this great stock in a real company that was making a lot of money, I would still kind of think it was foolish for you to take out a mortgage on your house to buy it. Buying a Bitcoin, I think that's gambling with something that you can't afford to lose. And, of course, it all went down in value, and now he, he has a mortgage and very little to show for it. And he lost his job because, you know, in, unemployment is rising because we're in a recession. And uh, all of a sudden, he's now going to lose his house because he bought the Bitcoin with the mortgage. And, you know, this is one horror story, which isn't really a horror story. It's almost a comedy story. Um, but I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who did exactly the same thing. Yes, but there, there have been just as many other tales of fraud. The, the, the word Ponzi or Ponzi scheme, that didn't originate just with, uh, with, uh, with cryptocurrency. It, 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 that term came up in the, originally in the early part of the 20th century. Yeah, this is not a Ponzi scheme, though. This is... This is uh, just straight out speculating, and at at a certain point, you know, beanie babies without the beans yeah. or the fabric. <laughs> yeah. Well, there have been there have been cases with with Bitcoin where 
a substantial amount, like over a couple million dollars, I think tens of millions of dollars, because somebody can't remember the uh, the the uh, their uh, or Mount Gox, Mount the, the, the receipt. Yeah, Mount Gox just got hacked. You know, and they took a bunch of bitcoins. You know, he, yeah, there is that story about the guy who has about half a million dollars worth of bitcoin and can't access it because he can't remember his uh, password. It's like, man. <laughs> and he's paid substantial amounts of money to people trying to figure it out, and yeah. they haven't been able to. Yep. Yeah, we, there is um, a problem there, yeah. You know, you, you can you can lose your stamps. I mean, you can break into your house and steal them. But the odds of that happening are relatively low, whereas the odds of having something occur which will take away a digital image on some web server, that's much, much harder. But, yeah, the, uh, the biggies, you know, Celsius, stop trading, they, that, that's another story. If you want to uh, hear an interesting story, Google Celsius, just like spelled just like regular Celsius, Celsius NFT collapse. And you'll get another story about people doing things that are just, you know, if it was actual money instead of Bitcoin, you'd be just staring at these people going, what are you doing? This is ridiculous. So anyway, back to NF stamp NFTs. Um, if you want to collect them, fine. You're still a stamp collector. You're not a philatelist. Eh, who cares? Um, didn't the didn't the U.S. Postal Service put out their own NFTs? Yeah, for Day of the Dead. Yep. And were, weren't they selling them for what ten or fifteen dollars each? Yep. And today they're worth uh, less than that. So if you tried to corner the market, you lost half your money. And this is only at ten and fifteen dollars. You know the Swiss souvenir sheets. You have the actual souvenir sheet, which you can put in your stamp collection. It's going to be listed in Scott's catalog. You know, it's an actual stamp. Yeah, it's good for postage. Good for postage and everything. If you're in Switzerland, you could send a, send a, send a parcel with it. Yep. But the NFT that you get from the lottery by entering into the uh, website, that's something which uh, I, have a I have significant doubt as to it holding its value over the long term. Anything else? Do we get to 30 minutes? We always get to 30 minutes. <laughs> we need your help. Nothing on the internet is free, including our phone and internet connections. So you can support the podcast by joining the Stamp Show Here Today Club. The cost is $10 for a lifetime membership. Please include your APS member number as we are an APS-affiliated club. Your support is greatly appreciated. Our brand new spanking address is 5965 Harrison Drive, Suite 6 in Las Vegas, Nevada, 89120. You left out the word glorious. Fabulous. <laughs> because you don't put that on the letter. Oh. Well, you could. You could, yeah. You could, yeah. Well, kids, that's all the time we have for today. I'd like to thank Sideshow Mel, Corporal Punishment, Tina Ballerina, oh, and from Not Landing, Miss Donna Mills. Oh, she was a sport. We've had lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fun. But now the time has come to go. If this Silcom was found dead in his bed tomorrow, I'd be in heaven still doing this show. See you soon.
some other time. <laughs> Stamp collecting happens when we dream together.